help me to keep rejoicing in you. Amen. Let's read our scripture. That's right. Let's read it together. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. We have access into this grace. Next month, we are going to look at grace in a way you've never seen it before. You may be seated because we keep thinking about God's grace as it relates to he will forgive us. But grace is way more powerful than that. Okay, we have we have not taken full access to the grace that was given to us by our father. Through faith. That's what the script. We could use that scripture for next month too, but God gonna give us another one. All right. Um, I want to I want to look at David's life once again, but tonight I want to talk to you um, as David um, illustrates to us who God is and how He rejoiced in Him. I was talking to my wife after Sunday sermon because the Bible says. David never even got the ark back uh, to to Jerusalem. He took six steps with it and got so happy that he just praised them right then and there. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times we wait for the end result so that we can rejoice over the end. But God is the beginning And the end. And the middle too. And he's good all the way through. Even though something good might not, something good might not be happening in your life. He's in your life. And he's good. And he's so good that he could run bad out. If you trust him. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to keep rejoicing in the Lord, but turn to Psalms chapter number nine. And we're going to go through that entire Psalm, the book of Psalms, um, chapter nine tonight. Okay, Psalms number nine, verse one and two. Somebody read it. 
going. Okay, amen. Now, David, David begins to write, and he starts off addressing God as, as a point of reference in the middle of pain. He's not thinking about his pain. He is thinking about his God. The enemy will always try to get you to focus on your pain, Amen. what is bothering you. Amen. And if you rejoice in God, God is God enough to run what is bothering you away from you. So David teaches us in the very first two verses how important it is to give God praise through rejoicing. And rejoicing is the joy of having him as your father. And releasing that joy out of you into the atmosphere, creating an expression of what he did. Because he gave you joy. If he gave it to you, you could give it back to him and because you are creating an atmosphere between you and the creator, the joy in you expressed outwardly becomes a godly thing and produces the presence of God. Therefore, anything that is unlike God cannot dwell while you're rejoicing. So David says, I will praise you, O Lord, with some of my heart. And the issue becomes we get so captivated on the things of life that we don't give God our whole heart. And God wants all of your heart. And listen, God is so awesome. He says, if you give me all your heart, then I'll share what's needed for somebody else. The amount that's needed. But if you give them your whole heart, and leave me a kibble in a bit, then there's a problem. And we've been used to giving people our whole hearts, and they have broke them. But God won't break your heart. Even when you feel like your heart is broken, God will show you that he hasn't broken your heart. He is working on something that is going to work out so good for you that you can rejoice in trusting that God will keep his promise because God cannot break a promise. And when he has your whole heart and somebody does something that hurts you and you look back at him, he will help you and your heart won't ache anymore because he is a God that works off of what he already put in you and all you got to do is give some of it back to him and it creates an atmosphere of victory. You could be in last place and win. He says, I want all your heart. So, so understanding, understanding God wants all your heart. We, re- we really have to do this because um, I, I wanted to just stay here, but now nah, we're going to have to move. Uh, Second Corinthians. Um, Second Corinthians. Chapter number seven. 
Okay, verse number eight. Somebody read it. So, so Paul is saying, Paul is saying, look, he wrote to them and brought correction to them in chapter number two. And what he was saying to them is, God gave me the word to help you. And even though sometimes you get something that you don't like or something is happening in your life that you don't like and it caused you to start opening up your mouth and complaining about something you shouldn't complain about because complaining has not ever helped anybody. And so Paul says, I corrected you, not that I'm sorry, because sorrowful sometimes will lead you, well, when you have a sorrowful spirit and God gives it to you, it will lead you to repent from whatever you need to repent from. Why does God do that? Because he, if you are doing something that's outside of his will, he does not have your whole heart. If you're complaining about your situation, he does not have your whole heart. If you are complaining about other people, he does not have your whole heart. If you are complaining about how, you, how big your checking account is, he does not have your whole heart. Because God is sovereign. He knows exactly what you need. He knows how much of it that you need. And he knows when you need it. God, when are you going to get me out of this? I am so tired of being in this situation. Well, God is so God. That he knows you need to stay in that situation. Because the last time he took you out, you didn't act right. So this time, I'm going to hold you here and I'm going to turn the heat up on you. Because everybody knows he's the potter and we're the clay. And when he finished making us, then he's got to turn the heat up on us. Because if he don't turn the heat up on us, then what he made is going to break under pressure. So God puts us in the oven so that he could get our whole heart and we will know that he was the one that made us to be all that we are anyway. And if you know that all you are is God, then you ought to give God your joy that he has placed in you back to him. We have the church instituted of God. God chose each and every one of us. He hand selected us. He looked over and said, that's my sheep. 
I want that one. Ooh, that one's dirty. I want that one. Ooh, that one got some crusty toes. I want that one. He looked at everything, and he looked at the dust, and I'm getting the one that are all messed up so that when I clean them up, they'll know that I'm God, and they won't talk about nobody else because they know that I'm doing all of this all by myself. Yeah, we need to embrace that so we can stop talking about one another. That way, the hoes and the prostitutes and the pimps and the drug addicts will have a place to come to and get converted because there's some people that know that God is God all by himself. He says, oh goodness, that was just one verse. He says, I will praise you. This is personal. Listen, David says, I, now, now get this. It's one thing that David starts off talking to him when everything is all good, Pastor Lee. You, you know how when everything is going good and you, you got a party and the barbecue is going? Music, everybody's acting right. You don't have no work, all bill paid. You, oh, I'll rejoice in you, Lord. But here's the situation. In this text, David's son had died. And he did not look at what was dead. He looked at the God of life. And he began to rejoice. And say, God, in other words, God, you know exactly what you're doing. I don't know. But I know this. He's yours. And I'll see him again. David understood that God was in charge. Can you rejoice in the Lord when stuff looks dead? Your relationship look dead. Your finances look dead. Huh? Huh? Your surroundings look dead. When you start rejoicing, you can bring life back to it. He says, I will tell of your marvelous works. Check this out. I will tell of your marvelous works. I'm going to talk about how good you are. I, I won't talk about what happened with my son. I'm not going to talk about all the bad things that have happened in my life. I'm going to talk about how good you are. You know, when you begin to brag on God, it moves him. See, see, see you, you have to understand this whole thing. Because... David is saying, I'm going to tell people that I was a little shepherd boy on the backside of the hill and a bear came to kill me. But while I was rejoicing in you, strength came in me and I killed the bear. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell folks that when I thought that that was something, in comes a lion and grabs one of the sheep. And I outran a lion and I caught him 
and I opened his jaws and took the sheep back and I killed him too. And all this happened while I was rejoicing. There's power in rejoicing. That's why the enemy has tried to keep you complaining. Because the opposite of rejoicing, releasing the joy out, is when you release out pain, complaining. When you complain, you are inviting every demonic force to come in and fight you. That's why you think crazy when you complain. Yeah, you start complaining, and then you start thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to get them. I'm going to pay them back. You, you start thinking crazy because you have invited spirits to speak to your mind, to confuse you, to take away your identity. Did I help a couple of you tonight? Because you need to understand how the devil fights. Listen, stop fighting a devil with flesh. He will whoop you every time. But if you fight him with faith, he has lost the battle. And he will leave the building. All you have to do is learn how to fight and bring your sword to the fight. says, then he says, I will be glad and rejoice. Where? In you. you. See, the rejoicing is in him. Sometimes you want to rejoice in things and stuff and and, and people and and, and it's great. Oh, if I win the lotto, I'm just going, for real? The lotto might be the very thing that takes you to hell. But God, (laughs) he says, he says, I'm going to, I will be glad and rejoice in you. He says, I'm just going to be so happy about you that I'm going to release who you are to me on the inside. I want to know, is God everything to you? Do you believe that he could do anything at any time? And so David is saying, that's the joy. And so he says, I will. Then he says, I will. And then he says, I will. He is taking himself and willing himself into God. And God has chosen you to stay in him. Sometimes I, I get a text and um, I, don't, I don't respond. And I, I love this church because there's certain people that will text me. And if I don't get back to them, they will call me. <laughs> because they're going through stuff and uh, they don't know what to do. They even text me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Pastor, get on the line. There's a song. There's a song saying, 
I'm so into you, I don't know what to do. See, the, the thing is, when you get so into God, you don't need to know what to do. Amen. He does it for you. Amen. And so I, I would get this text, and then, then I get the phone call, and then I, I get on the phone, and I say, hey, and I'm going, da, 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 and I let him let it all out. And then after they let it all out, I said, okay, well, do you trust God? Yeah, I trust the Lord. I just needed somebody to agree with me. And then they hang up the phone and start texting me all these praises and rejoicing in the Lord. Oh, just back and forth. I can't, I'm looking at my phone, my phone is deep, deep. I put it deep, deep. Because all they needed is somebody to agree. And see, sometimes you just need somebody to agree. Yeah, she's sitting here in Bible study right now because she's not ashamed to let everybody know all she needs is a little agreement to take her a long way. Amen. <laughs> now, now check this out. So, so then we have we have we have this enemy called Satan, right? And he's always plotting. He tries to use people, and and so David says, David says this. Let's pick it up, verse number four. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to three. We skipped three. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Uh-huh. Oh, and check this out. David said, I'm going to praise you because I already know what the results are. <laughs> he said, I'm going to rejoice because I know how it all works out. How many of you know with God on your side, you can never lose Amen. a battle? With God on your side, whatever needs to be worked out will get worked out. With God on your side, you don't have to pray for a job. God knows what you need. Pray for something that you can't get. (laughs) God is all that. He's, He's so much. And we see him so limited because of the issues of life. But David is letting us know that he's given us a gift called joy. And we got to release that everywhere we go. And it changes everywhere you go. People change because of the joy that you have. People are waiting for you. And sometimes we carry our our problem and we worry about what the enemy is up to. Mm -hmm. Check it out, guys. It's in the scriptures. We're going to get to it in a second. Everything the enemy is doing in this world, God had to allow it. So why complain about what God allowed? Mm. If God allowed it, it's okay for me. Because I know he has a plan. It's almost like playing football. And women, excuse this analogy if you don't know, but there's a thing called a screen. And the screen is when the quarterback gets the ball and the rushers get ready to come, normally 
the blockers block the defense from coming through. But when it's a screen, they let the blockers come get the quarterback. And they're running at them hard, and the quarterback runs backwards and floats the ball over their head, and his teammate gets it and takes off. Because they didn't know that they were being used. The only reason why they got through is because the offense allowed him to get through so that the plan could be executed. And that's how God works in your life. He lets stuff get to you so the plan can be executed. Say God has a plan. No matter what happens in your life, you remember that. God has a plan. Now, when you know God has a plan, you can have a hallelujah good time. Why are you so happy? Because God got a plan. Yeah, but this, this is going wrong. That's going wrong. But God has a plan. Y'all want to see the playbook? This is the plan. <laughs> So, so, so David knew the plan. Um, verse number four here. Let's go. For you have became my right and my cause. You sat on the throne judging in righteousness. God, he, he, he tell, he's, now he's telling God all that he's done. He said, you have maintained my right, uh, my right and my cause. You sat on the thrones judging in righteousness. Then he said in verse five, you have rebuked the nations. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. He said, all the wicked that tried to destroy me, they gone. And you did it, God. Let me tell you guys something. The enemy had an assignment out for you. That's why when you got sick, you didn't die. Because God... Listen, God was watching over you. He has a plan for you. He wants to use you so that he could be glorified through your life. And if you keep opening up your mouth talking about what's wrong, then he won't get no glory. But if you keep talking about how right he is, then he could get all the glory from your life. Anybody in here ready to give God glory? Just ready to give him all the glory. Hey, God, oh, you're good. He said, I rebuke nation. Now, if God rebuked nations, then what's he going to do now? He going to rebuke them too. There's going to come a point in time when every nation is going to have to pause and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So you might as well get happy about what's happening right now because that is the plan. This fight is fixed, baby, and you have been declared all winners. <laughs> I didn't bring myself happy. Verse number six. Oh, enemy. Instructions are finished forever. Oh, good. (laughs) And and you have destroyed cities. Uh huh. Even their memory has perished. Oh, my goodness. God God is so raw. He said, 
uh, he wiped out stuff that the people don't even have memory of it no more. God, your God, the one that chose you. Now, that's enough to just make you shout right there. He chose you. Seven. But the Lord shall endure forever. Who shall? Who shall endure forever? Well, then who you going to rejoice in? <laughs> Who? Keep going. He has prepared his throne for judgment. Mm-hmm. He shall judge the world in righteousness. Mm-hmm. He shall administer judgment for the people in unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. He says, God, God says, I have a plan to bring correction. And have you ever lived unrighteous before? Who made you righteous? <laughs> Who's cleaning you every day? Who's keeping you every day? The only reason why you don't mess up and sin because God is keeping you. If you think you're keeping you and you get a big head, God will show you by letting you fall on your face. God is keeping you. And if he's keeping you, that should keep you rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, that I don't think as crazy as I used to. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have that same temper. Thank you, Lord, that I don't tiptoe out anymore. Huh? Thank you, Lord, for changing my mind that I could sit through a service and my mind don't think about what I used to do. Amen. 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 Thank the Lord he gave you two fingers now. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are, you, yeah, yeah, just thank him. <laughs> Amen. And you, and, and you know what? We, we should be having fun. You should have fun getting revelation. Because God is giving you revelation knowledge. Why would God be dropping revelation on you? Because there's, it's, it's a, a, a shifting happening now. And God is empowering his people like never before. So that we could dominate this earth realm. I have a question. Are you ready to dominate? The way to dominate is to stay in him. And the reason why I keep talking about complaining is because there's a complaining spirit that's getting arrested right here and right now. Because when you complain, I told you a door opens. And so demonic spirits will deal with you but they'll go past you and try to get to your generations. That's why we have to stop complaining. This month is rejoicing for a reason. It changes everything. I'm I'm telling you, you're going to see signs and wonders in your very life just by watching what comes out of your mouth. Center your mouth on rejoicing and praise. 
And I'm going to share this with you because it's important. I, I recognize through this teaching that God is dealing with me. I, 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 I want to please God so bad. And, you know, things, things that normally would get under my skin, nothing's got under my skin this month. To the point that people that are close to me recognize you're different. And I didn't change. This word has been changing me. To the point that I realize what was I doing? I had a choice. We got up to take my daughter to college, and they hadn't cleaned. We went to go move, and they, they were so excited. Little bless their little heart. They get in their little apartment, and they open up the door, and everybody going in their apartment. They're just so happy, and their apartment was filthy. And I looked at it, and I walked out. And the other two parents, the, the two men, they was hot. But I was happy. I was, you want to know why? Because I didn't care. Right. <laughs> you, the first thing I thought about, I, I said, that's only dirt. Amen. The worst thing is that we'll clean it up ourselves. And the other pair, they were going, huh, da, 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 da. and I went outside. I sat my little self down and had me a good time. <laughs> I was having such a good time <laughs> that my wife came and said, aren't you going to go in there? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm going to go in there. I went in there, and I started spreading the joy to the ones who were coming to clean it up. You want to know why? I was out there thinking that my daughter for the last 16 years, what a joy it's been to raise her and God bless me to feed her, that she's healthy now and she's starting a new chapter in her life and God bless me to be healthy enough to be here to do it. Oh, I started getting so happy about what he has done. That nothing could take away the joy that God has given. And that's what God wants. Has God ever done anything for you? Is there anybody in here that knows how good, how good? Oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. He's good. He, he is good. Oh, he's so good. Remind me. Remind me of that movie. Lion King. Mufasa, he was so good. Hyena said, Mufasa, <laughs> Just saying the name, Ooh. He's so good. And that, <laughs> that's a, <say> it again, <laughs> that's, that's that joy we should have. Just thinking about the name Jesus. Yeah, amen. Amen. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> He's good. 
Okay. Let, let's, let's, let's read some of this word because this is just so good. <clears throat> let's go, Harold. Mm-hmm. So, so I, he said, David said, so a refuge is a place of, of security. Now, in David's imagination, he looks at, at something that is really, really tall. Uh, a refuge is a picture of something that's really, really tall. In other words, uh, he, he's looking to the heavens, uh, being protected from here to heaven. Uh, nothing could get in on him. Uh, he's talking about that's who God is our refuge that he's protecting you and nothing gets through unless he has a plan for it (laughs) for your good isn't that good and then he says he said and those who know your name how many of you know his name if you know his name you put your trust in Job says, Job lost everything in two hours. Everything. Job says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Because it's all his. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We got to go home, but wasn't that good? I thought we was going to get all the way through, but you're going to have to go through the rest of it by yourself tonight. <laughs> but it, but it's real good. Um, listen, I, I really 